Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So, William, the last time I had you on, you encouraged me to read a certain book. Do you remember what book that was? I do. I think Star Wars Brotherhood, right? It was right, right around the time the book uh, was just coming out. I prequel, think. a prequel era book. Yes. Obi-Wan, Anakin. I had, you know, said my, I don't know if it's really my kind of thing, but here we are. I, I wanted to entice you to come back on the show. So I was like, <laughs> and we'll you look. read it. I, I'm excited to hear what you thought. I did read it. I read it recently too. So it's like pretty fresh in my mind. Uh, so I'm excited to to discuss it with you. So uh, thanks for coming back. You know, I know it, it's been, I think you came on and then Bria came on and now I'm back to you already. So apparently I just don't have that many friends to, <laughs> to ask to do this thing, but it's just because of brotherhood really. Yeah. Right. It's because yeah. of our brotherhood, right? There you go. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a, par- a nice parallel. Exactly. <laughs> no, because I saw you we went to, we went to celebration and we're back. Yes. Kenobi has come and gone. Kenobi's been, a lot, over. Lots, a lot's happened in the Star Wars world. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like we're not going to do a Kenobi review right now, but just like your maybe 20 word high level review of Kenobi. I Obi-Wan Kenobi is one of my favorite characters. So that's already like five words. Uh, no, <laughs> he, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was really cool. And I loved what they did with, uh, young Leia and a lot of unexpected things. So while um, I think, you know, the story itself was was good. The character of Obi-Wan was fantastic. And it was great seeing you and McGregor back and, and all that stuff. So overall, I give it a thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. Best Star Wars live action yet? Or is Mandalorian mm, still edge it out? It's tough. It, it depends. Like I, for the characters, Kenobi, you know, for Obi-Wan. But like, I think for as far as like, the show Mandalorian still probably, but it's, oh, I like both. I'm excited yeah. for Andor too. I think, yeah, I think if I had to say which one was better, I'd still say Mandalorian. I'm a yeah. huge Obi-Wan Kenobi fan, as you know, and oh yeah, had really high hopes for the show. And I, I did enjoy it, but they definitely went a little different than I expected maybe. And um, there were amazing moments. And then there were moments that I was kind of like, eh, yeah, yeah, not really my thing. So but overall, yeah, like I said, we're not doing a full on Kenobi exactly. review. I think <laughs> me and Bria did a bit of a review when she was on. We kind of, I think we talked about like the first four episodes. So, yeah, uh, but we never really did, you know, kind of a finale thing. But, but that's not why we're here today. We're here it's to not. talk about, we're, we're not going to take We're still up talking all of our about Obi Wan, but we will. Not, we, in, not in the same way. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely be talking about Obi Wan. Uh, I did want to share a story with you, though, because if anyone can appreciate it, and probably some of our listeners as well. I was like, well, this is the place to tell the story. So uh, I was going through in this room. This this room is kind of a transitional room in my house. It used to be my office, kind of my podcasting studio. If you, I mean, studio is a really strong word. It definitely don't have a podcasting studio, but this is where I podcast. Uh, and a lot of my Star Wars collectibles, book collections all up here. And now has become my son's bedroom. So I literally have to kick him out when I'm podcasting. Uh, that's you know, I just don't have a permanent space really for podcasting anymore. And we have, you know, some 
stuff going on as far as renovations and all that. But so I'm going through books. I'm trying to clear out space for him because I feel bad. I'm like, this is supposed to be his bedroom, but it's been, it's basically overtaken by all my Star Wars collectibles and books and Lego sets. And uh, I mean, who, who wouldn't want a whole room of Star Wars Lego sets and Star Wars books and then collectibles, right? You would think, you would think that any 10 year old would love right? that it's to perfect. be their bedroom. But no, my son's a <laughs> little, dad, you got to get your stuff out of here. I need more space, you know, so I'm cleaning off a couple shelves, going through some books, and I come across Vector Prime. Ooh. The, uh, for those of you that may not know what Vector Prime is, it's the first book of the infamous or maybe famous Yusin Vong series of uh, Star Wars Legends novels way yes. back in the day. Uh, but kind of the a big deal right like for oh, legends, a huge deal you know, like it, at the time mm-hmm. big eu readers you know that was huge that series oh yeah and that book was kind of groundbreaking in a few different ways so i was trying like i pulled the book out and my son's there and he's and he doesn't you know he's 10 he only knows new star wars and so i'm kind of trying to and vector prime is a bit darker for you yeah know. absolutely <laughs> yeah. so i'm trying to explain to him that there's this alternate history for some of these characters like because he was asking about, i'm like yeah luke skywalker like this store this book is telling the story of like Luke, but not what you see in the pre or the sequel trilogy. This is a different version of Luke. Like it's a whole alternate universe that's out there for star Wars. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of getting curious and stuff. And so I'm getting excited. Like, Oh, he's, he kind of wants to hear more about this, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, I told him Chewbacca died. Cause I just wanted to, I wanted him to be surprised. Right. Shocked. I know he's 10. He's never going to read the book. Maybe he will pick it up sometime later in his life, but I know he's like at that point anytime soon. So I was just like, yeah, they even killed Chewbacca. Can you believe that? And he was like, no way. I'm like, yeah. So I pull, I, I flipped to the chapter. I think I forget what chapter it was. Mm -hmm. If you could pull that out of your memory, I would be amazed. I have no idea. I can't remember if it's the beginning or the end. I, I, I feel like it's like chapter 17. Yeah. I feel like I remember being like vaguely somewhat early because they wanted to like shock people as they're getting into the book. I was Uh, surprised how fast I found it. It's yeah. probably it's somewhere I think around three fourths of the way through the book. Okay. And I found it, and so I start reading it to him. I'm like, I'm just gonna read the scene to him just so he can see how dramatic it is. And I was telling yeah. him like, like Han Solo had a son named Anakin, and like Chewie's there, and Chewie's like saving Anakin. That's like why he died because like he took the time to save Anakin, and all this spoilers for anyone that hasn't read this book. I'm sorry, it came <laughs> out like forever ago. But it's like what 90s, late 90s. Yeah, it's been yeah. A while. This is it's been a while. So. Uh, we've passed the 20 year spoiler market, I think, but Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm telling, and I'm, I start reading it and I had a very unexpected reaction. I started crying William wow. when I was reading the scene, like I was reading the scene to my son and I had not, I have not read the scene in yeah. years. I'm not one to reread books a lot. Yeah. So like, I, I, I'm, I'm the same. I don't, I don't reread them all the time. I wish I could, I wish I did, but I don't often. It could have, it could be 15 plus years since I've read the scene. And I had remembered in my head kind of like what it, you know, what happened, uh-huh. but I'm reading it and like just the buildup and him, you know, handing Anakin up and, and Han is like angry at Anakin, you know, cause he didn't want them to leave him behind. Right. And Anakin knew that the only way that they were going to save themselves and the people that they were saving on the ship was to sacrifice Chewie. He just knew there was no way they're going to get yeah. back to him. And so he had to make that choice. 
And so it's heart wrenching. I'm oh, like reading the it's, scene. It's, it's all coming back to me now. And I'm remembering I'm all scene, of it. And they talk about like the iconic part where he like raises his arms up mm. to the moon in defiance. And I'm re- I'm literally oh. visible tears coming down my face. I was like, I did not realize the Im- imprint or impact that, that book yeah. had on me that it brought that out of me. Oh. Like it was crazy. Like I couldn't believe it. I, it was an unexpected emotional reaction to something I haven't thought about in forever. Wow. So yeah, I've figured uh, if there's any place I can tell that story that people might appreciate it. I I have not read Vector Prime. I think I only read it once. And it I think it was I got into Star Wars books. Oh, I want to say 2002 is when I started 2001 is when I started reading. No, actually, no, probably 2000 is when I started reading like the Jedi Apprentice books, uh, 99 or 2000. Uh, but 2002 is probably when I started reading the new Jedi Order, 2003. I'm not even going to ask how old and... you were because it's going to make me feel really old. So <laughs> I don't care how old you were in 2002. Uh, I was <laughs> just entering high school. Um, wow. And um, yeah, it was... So it's been a while, but honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if I had the same reaction going back. Even as you were telling it, like secondhand, I was starting to feel that again. I'm like, oh my god, it's all coming back to me. Oh my gosh, all these these moments. It it was a big book. It was a. It and was think a about that was something that momentous. we didn't know, right? Like, no, we had no. You just cracked open the book. You no started spoilers. reading. Oh, this new series. Boom, Chewie's dead. Yeah, you know, and the really... way they framed it, oh, it's great. And if you're going to kill Chewie, and I know there's this is probably a controversial opinion in Star Wars. I I didn't really have a problem with the Yusin Vong books. Yeah. New Jedi Order. No, I didn't either. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed They're them. Different style, I, but that's fine. I think some of them were misses overall. The story was entertaining. And you had uh, what, 21, 22 books, whatever it was? Like 19. More? Full 19? Yeah. yeah. It like it, the, I guess, yeah, probably it was probably 20 some odd with like the novellas and stuff. Yeah, right. It, it uh, I don't know why 20 was sticking in my head. Um, the, of course, some are going to be misses, right? Then you're not going to have, per, you know, a perfect series, but, oh. but I do, yeah. I, I, what I did appreciate about that series, and I did not intend this to become like a defense of the new Jedi order part of the show. <laughs> I just wanted to tell that story right. and we'll move on quickly. But what I did appreciate about it was you felt, you felt a sense of danger and peril for the characters and that they weren't afraid to shock you with you know certain character deaths now they didn't kill off anybody else too major um you know later on you could say you know some eu introduced characters were killed Mm -hmm. but like the core characters right were mostly pretty safe throughout other than chewbacca but that first initial shock of him dying um i appreciated it actually yeah i wasn't one of those that was like how dare they raise the stakes i was like yeah okay okay i mean i was sad i was like but if you're going to have yeah. Chewie go out, what better way than him saving the child of his best friend while yep. like raising his arms in defiance to a falling moon? I mean, perfect. It's perfect. to me, it's the best it's way that he could have gone out. There's no other way that you can kill kill Chewie other than right. having a moon fall on him, right? Like I nothing less more. could take him out. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. That was my, my <laughs> walk down memory lane oh. of the new Jedi Order. And yeah, now it kind of makes me want to pick some of those books back up and and reread i them did now. i do too i 
one of our mutual friends, Steven, has been rereading the X-Wing novels. And I've been wanting to, and they just re, re, they've been releasing some of them in audiobook form. Um, the Kratos Trap, I think, comes out next week. Um, and I, it's been making me want to go back and reread some of the older Star Wars books. For a long time, I had a stack of books I hadn't gone through. I, I keep up with all the Star Wars books, but I had a bunch of other books I've been wanting to read. And I had a stack of, I don't know, 50 plus books, 50, 60 books. And I've been slowly making my way through all of them over the last six months. I'm almost done. I'm like, oh, by the end of the year, I might be out of like things on my back, on my backlog to read. Uh, and maybe, maybe I'll go back and uh, start rereading some of the older classics again. Cause that would be, that'd be fun. I don't know if I'll ever get to it because I feel like I'm always behind on the new books. So for me to actually go back and take some time to read old books would be it's hard. I, I've started just reading. This is completely off tangent, but like while I'm getting ready for bed, brushing my teeth and stuff, I'll just read then. And a little bit after I wake up and I've just been, it's been, it's exponentially increased the number of books I've been going through. I think I've gotten like almost 50, read almost 50 books this year. Oh man. That's uh, so yeah, it's a like true, a, a true bookworm. I'm, exactly. I'm a pretender in some ways when it comes to no, the no, amount no, no, of books no. I can but consume. I found like, I, cause I, for like you, sometimes I would be behind and I was like, oh, I'll just try reading a little bit here and there. And it was, it, it's definitely helped speed up progress. What, uh, what gets me to read a book fast is if I have to review it on the podcast. Yeah. And I haven't read it yet. So it's like, Hey, well, you want to review this book in like four days. Okay. I have four days to read it, you know, cause I had not picked up this book yet until I had. Oh, good. So it's fresh. Cause so full disclosure, I re- tried to refresh my memory on a lot of stuff, but I haven't read it since we talked. Uh, okay. I haven't okay. reread it. And so, yeah, I'm excited to hear your fresh thoughts on the book after I've been marinating right. on it for well, Let's get to that soon. But before we do, I wanted to talk a little bit about just some Star Wars books and comics news that's kind of dropped. We did have San Diego Comic-Con recently um, where there were not a ton of Star Wars news came out, or at least not Star Wars books news. Um, But they did do a publishing panel and there were a Mm. few like cover reveals and things like that for some of the new High Republic stuff. So they did... Uh, reveal the cover. We already knew this was coming, but they're doing an audio drama, The Battle of Jed- Jedha. Reading that word makes me want to pronounce it differently than right? I've always wanted to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, Battle of Jedha by George Mann. And they did release um, the cover for that. It's it's definitely um, a cool looking cover. A couple Jedi. It is. Yeah. It is. I'm excited for this one. one. The one Jedi has a blue lightsaber with a... Uh, that cross cross hilt hilt thing yeah like kylo ren yeah like kylo ren but without the without the lightsaber parts it's just a solid yeah metal version of that and then there's a what is that guy is he a nikto the green guy he looks like a very fit he looks like a very fit nikto with even more of like a or maybe it's the fact that he's so green yeah, no, Nikto can kind of come in like green and orange. Yeah, uh, yeah. varieties. So he's I a think much more almost neon green than we're used to. A little bright green there. A little bright but, green, but yeah, he's cool. Yeah, so that was one of the reveals. Um, there was another. They were talking about. Um, let's see. So, so George Mann is also doing a Dark Horse limited series called The High Republic: The Nameless Terror, and they did a bit of a kind of some page previews for that one. Nothing too crazy going on there, but you can see there's also a Nikto Jedi in there, but he's the orange style. 
Yeah. Um, and then there's a Bith Jedi, um, a few humans. So um, I'll pop these up on our YouTube channel when we're talking about it. But for the audio listeners, you can find this stuff on StarWars.com. Yeah. It looks cool. Yeah, and nothing earth-shattering, especially after some, some of the announcements we've gotten recently. But it's cool to see the covers and gets gets people excited about the books. Right, and we know Dark Horse Comics is going to be doing the Star Wars The High Republic Adventures now. IDW is not doing them anymore. Dark Horse Comics is taking them over. And they did reveal a cover for uh, issue one of that, which is going to be written by Daniel Jose Older. And this is featuring a character named Sav Malagon. Who looks a lot like Embo. And has an Embo hat. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely an Embo hat. Uh, so that'll be Embo with a purple lightsaber. Interesting to learn more about that. Um, another cover reveal for a High Republic comic, Marvel number two, which uh, features a couple Jedi that we've seen before on some of the cover reveals, but I'm not sure, not sure of their names or if their names have even been revealed. But there's the one Jedi they keep showing that has like the beard and like the almost like the Quinlan Voss style kind of paint on his face. Mm-hmm. And then he's always with a twi- a Twi'lek um, Jedi as well. So, so those characters kind of popping back up. But yeah, that was. I mean, there's other things that they kind of revealed in that in that panel. But those were kind of the the different cover reveals that I thought were were interesting to to at least point out. Yeah, they're they're cool looking. I I've been behind on the on the comics. Um, I, I haven't really read the High Republic ones yet. Uh, I think that's also what I'll add. I'll add that to my reading list after I <laughs> catch up on my book backlog, I think. Right. They did have, so another thing that's on starwars.com, they did a uh, some page reveals or page previews for Obi-Wan number three, uh, the Marvel comics. And the reason I'm pointing this out, normally I wouldn't kind of point these type of things out, but there was a cool reference in here of some of the things that we saw in the Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars series. So not the 3D animated Clone Wars series that most of us are familiar with, but preview pre uh, uh previous of that, we had the Gendi series, right? That mm-hmm. was you know, you're you're Clone Wars without the V. You're old enough to remember the Gendi series, right? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I love the Gendi Tartakovsky series. So in these panels, they actually kind of talk uh Obi-Wan's remembering different battles and things like that in the Clone Wars, and he brings up uh Mace Windu um against all odds on Dantooine which is kind of that awesome. that popular uh Gendi episode where Mace Windu literally just takes on an entire army of of uh battle droids with just his fists <laughs> and he just beats them such down. a great episode yeah oh, that whole series is phenomenal it's on Disney Plus for those of you who haven't seen it um so highly and they recommend. also they also refer to General Grievous uh, taking out all the Jedi on yeah. on Hapori, which was um, the introduction of General Grievous for those of us that were you know paying attention back then. Yeah, uh, before was. he was even before he even showed up in Star Wars Episode Three, they introduced him in the Gendi Tartakovsky animated series where he took out a bunch of Jedi. Kaiyadi Mundi survived. He did, uh, but Kaiyadi <laughs> Mundi was there, uh, and there was a Jedi named Shaggy. Who, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who looked like a Scooby-Doo character that uh, I believe was crushed by his claws. But, you Shaw know, it's, guy. Yeah, I remember him. <laughs> I just like these, you know, we're in the new era of Star Wars, right? Like the new canon. 
but when they when they do these deep cuts and kind of pull things from previous stuff that's no longer canon like the gendy tartakovsky series you know is not considered canon but they're kind of pulling some of these at least events or references to some of the events into the new canon which is always fun and we'll talk about it even in the um brotherhood book that they Mm -hmm. did some of that as well they actually referenced some of these same things that that yes. were referenced here in this comic but i i love that just alluding to it even if it's you know they always say with legends right it's oftentimes it may or may not have happened but oftentimes it did even if it wasn't exactly as we read it originally or they showed it and so of course you know mace windu would still be you know battling against massive waves of battle droids or general grievous would be you know introduced on hapori it's uh, I, I love that they're giving fans those nods to the the previous works, even if they're no longer 100% canon. Yeah, and why reinvent it if you don't need to, right? Exactly. If that story's already been told, even if you're going to change some of the details, at least you know, you know, yep. a nice nod to what's come before. You know, no no need to repave the driveway. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, yeah, it's that's pretty cool. But the uh, they did release an excerpt for an upcoming novel that's coming out in August, The Princess and the Scoundrel. Uh, this is the Han Solo, Princess Leia honeymoon book, I guess. Yes. Which they're going to be on the Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, <laughs> so this is one of those books where people are saying, oh, it's kind of a marketing ploy. They're trying to promote things. Uh, you know, there could be that criticism of it. But Beth Revis is writing it, and I really like her. Uh, you know, the previous things that she's done with Star Wars and then you know, she actually came on our show once and, and did an interview with us and was really awesome to talk to. And I, I did read this excerpt. Did you have a chance to read it? I did. Yes. Okay. So yes. I, I actually uh... really like the excerpt. Now I know like the whole book is supposed to be more about Han and Leia and kind of their, their honeymoon. But this scene is Luke and Leia mm-hmm. and just after the battle of Endor and kind of talking about, you know, the impacts of it, I guess on, on their psyche and kind of the, you know, Leia has just found out that, you know, Luke's her brother and that she had a dad who's, who's a horrible person and, you know, all that stuff. So it's kind of interesting. The excerpt dives into the differences between the way like Luke is taking things yeah, and the way Leia is taking things. I actually found it very interesting. Oh yeah. Cause like we, you know, we see Luke dealing with a lot of this, uh, you know, uh, in various books. And even we do see Leia dealing with this, the, the the reveal of her lineage when it gets out in the public, you know, uh, many, many, many years later um, by Claudia Gray. What was the name of that? Um, it was from Claudia Gray. It was, it was great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the book you're talking about, was, but I forgot the title. Bloodlines. Was Bloodlines, Bloodlines? There you go. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, and so that one was, was a great one too. Um, but we've never really seen how Leia reacts to the news right after Luke tells her on Endor and kind of what happens next. And so I think it's really cool. Uh, There's a, there's a part of it where Luke starts to tell her what Vader said. Yeah. His last words. And he's like, he wanted me to tell you. And she's like, stop. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. She's like literally cutting him off. And he kept, (laughs) he still told her, but uh, I thought that was kind of interesting that she's that hung up on it. And it's, it's pretty consistent with Leia in the stories that we've got of her post return of the Jedi and having a hard time dealing with, you know, coming to grips with this, this man who was, you know, one of the worst, if not worst 
yeah. defenders in the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, maybe only second to the Emperor as far as the damage that he caused uh, yeah. Yeah. for her to come to grips with that. And like he tortured her. He blew yes. up her home planet, right? Luke Luke had a lot of, you know, run it, trouble with Vader as well, right? He cut off his hand. He killed Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. But Luke didn't know Obi-Wan all that well, right? He didn't. Uh, it's a little different when, like, you find out your own father tortured you, blew up everyone you know on your home world, all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot for her to grapple with. Yeah. So I, I really like that, that excerpt. Uh, now I don't, you know, that might be the highlight of the book. Who knows? Like as they go, you know, and do whatever else they're going to do in the book. But it definitely piqued my interest uh, more than I expected. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to pick that one up. I actually have yeah. it. I just haven't haven't had a chance to read it yet. But oh yeah, I'm I'm trying to be careful because I I did read. I have read the book, and so oh okay, so uh, you yeah, already like, know. Like, oh, like here you. we go. It's, I'm trying, I'm trying not the, to say anything else. <laughs> one of the fifty that you've read, I should have known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> last but not least on the news side of things and then we'll jump into the book is i just, this came across because i got an email from from penguin house audio or Ping, penguin house no that's not right penguin random house penguin yeah yeah uh a they, random penguin <laughs> you know sharing the these audio books that they're they're re-releasing legends books with new audio recordings mm-hmm. so it's a it's the audio version of a legends book but it's been re-recorded, and this one caught my eye because it's it's um, Darth Maul Shadow Hunter, but they got Sam Witwer to do the the narration. Love, love which, Sam Witwer. So I mean, you know, there's a few people that have done Darth Maul's voice, and but Sam Witwer, I think, because of us, you know, being Clone Wars fans and Rebels fans, and he's kind of the new voice of Darth Maul in a lot of ways. Yeah and very recognizable so to to i know he's done it's this i don't think this is the first time he's done audiobook stuff for them but uh for him to do this classic legends book uh, you know as as darth maul is kind of cool and i think i really enjoyed the book when it first came out so i'm excited to to listen to it again at some point uh with sam whitwer because it does get better than sam whitwer yeah, you're right. Exactly. So I I thought that was kind of cool that they're they're having him so do that. Good. Book. Oh my gosh. I just I I just to you know just to see I I just put on like the first chapter briefly. Oh, his voice is just so good. His voice is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. What's the what's so, the release date on this one? Is it uh, August second? I think. Okay. So it's like right um, around the corner. The same day as the Kratos Trap that I was mentioning earlier. That that re-release. Um, okay. Which, you know, I, I never realized that was abridged when it first came out. And when a I was at it, the... a lot of them were abridged. And I was actually, as I think back on this, I did listen to some of the audiobooks at the time when I was, you know, younger, kind of catching up on all the books that had come up before uh, 2002, whatever it was. And so now I'm going, I, I just came to the realization today. I wonder how many of the books I've listened to that. Some, some of them, I haven't listened to all, maybe a dozen or so I listened on audiobook. I may not have actually heard the whole story. I might have to go back and reread it. I, it just kind of came to that realization earlier today. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that I I'm in the same boat. I know for a fact there's a handful of new Jedi Order books. Yeah. That I took in audiobook only. Yeah. Uh I think I was in college when a lot of those were coming out maybe. 
but uh yeah there was just times i just didn't have time to sit down and read the novel so i was like okay i'll do the audiobook and it's definitely abridged oh yeah Mm. i I was just comparing earlier it's funny i was just looking at earlier today the unabridged version is like 13 hours and the abridged version is 13 so it cuts out a lot of content uh so yeah i'm excited to it's a fast way to get the story in like it is but you you miss a lot and now i'm like miss a lot of detail yeah it's almost like reading the comic adaption of a novel where you're you're getting the story but you're not getting all the detail right and so now i'm like i have no idea which ones i was i think there were definitely some in the new jedi order but i I don't know there were definitely some pre-2000 books 2002 that i think i need to go back and and re-listen to yeah more often than not or reread you know <laughs> they didn't do the unabridged too often back then that was yeah less common yeah for, for the star wars novels now everyone is is unabridged but yeah, yeah so it's kind of it's definitely cool that they're redoing some of these so people that you know do want to have the full audio experience but only ever got to listen to the abridged version plus yeah. just the production values have gone up you know yep. from then till now and you know now we can include some of these voice actors so yeah. yeah it's very cool yeah but it'll it'll be out um uh august 2nd so on tuesday so very very soon all right oh, well let's so good let's talk about brotherhood so the um so this one is uh adult novel publishers del rey this one came out may 10th of 2022 and the author was mike chen who is new to full like mm-hmm. a full novel, but he had written something, I think short stories in the past, at least one for one of the anthologies. Uh, but from a certain point of view, I think he was, he participated in, but this is his first full novel. And I definitely have thoughts on him being added to the, to the list of authors that they're using now. Um, and we can talk through some of that, but before we do, I just wanted to uh, read the publisher summary just to kind of, set the stage here a little bit all right obi-wan kenobi and anakin skywalker must stem the tide of the raging clone wars and forge a new bond as jedi knights the clone wars have begun battle lines are being drawn throughout the galaxy with every world that joins the separatists the peace guarded by the jedi order is slipping through their fingers after an explosion devastates kata the jewel of the trade federation the republic is blamed and the fragile neutrality of the planet is threatened the jedi dispatch obi-wan kenobi one of the order's most gifted diplomatic minds to investigate the crime and maintain the balance that has begun to dangerously shift as obi-wan investigates with the help of a heroic nemoidian guard he finds himself working against the separatists who hope to draw the planet into their conspiracy and senses the sinister hand of asajj ventress in the mists that cloak the planet. Amid the brewing chaos, Anakin Skywalker rises to the rank of Jedi Knight, despite the mandate that Obi-Wan travel travel alone and his former master's insistence that he listen this time. Anakin's headstrong determination means nothing can stop him from crashing the party. He literally does crash the party at one point. Uh, (laughs) Literally does. (laughs) And bringing along a promising but conflicted youngling. Once a Padawan... To Obi-Wan, Anakin now finds himself on equal but uncertain footing with the man who raised him. The lingering friction between them increases the danger for everyone around them. The two knights must learn a new way to work together, and they must learn quickly to save Cato Nemoidia and its people from the fires of war. To overcome the threat they face, they must grow beyond master and apprentice. They must stand together as brothers. 
So there you go. That's that does set the stage. Like it definitely gives you kind of a sense for the story, you know, as far as what they're going for. Mm -hmm. I, I almost feel like the the description or the this that publisher summary almost oversells oh yeah the aspects of their relationship because i felt like it didn't get there wasn't a lot of time that they spent together there was actually a lot mm -hmm. of time they spent apart in the book yeah um, if you read that description it's almost like they're fighting together battling together you know they're they're forging this bond but really they were you know separated a lot of the book and partnered up with other people mm -hmm. um and then they eventually do come together in the end uh, not in the end, but at some point during the book, they come together and, and work together. But there wasn't a, a ton of interaction with them, which is maybe a little surprising based on the title and based on the description, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Like you, I think I I hadn't read the, I don't think I'd read the full description. Maybe it was, it was, hadn't, maybe they changed it later. Cause like I, I didn't know Asajj Ventress was in the book. And I, based on the title, assumed, oh, this is going to be a classic. Obi-Wan and Anakin's story, right? Because I, I mentioned earlier, I loved the Jedi Apprentice books growing up with uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. I love the Jedi Quest books with Obi-Wan and Anakin. And I'm like, wow, we've got Padawan coming out this year, another Qui-Gon Obi-Wan book. We've got um, Brotherhood, Obi-Wan and Anakin. I was actually more excited for Padawan than Brotherhood uh, for that reason. Um, but uh, I was like, this is going to be great. We're going to get the two of them. And then you're right. They probably spend two thirds of the book separated. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, while at first I was a little disappointed, it really allows the uh, Mike Chen to get in, dive into their characters in a really interesting way and kind of dissect who they are as uh, you know, especially with Obi-Wan being a new master, Anakin, being uh, uh well, not a new master but obi-wan kind of dealing with uh um, well he's new to the jedi council the thing thank you the jedi council that's what i meant uh new so he's brand new on the jedi council anakin is brand new as a jedi knight mm -hmm. um and also is newly married uh which introduces a whole bunch of other great you know dynamics um which obi-wan so, doesn't know yet he doesn't. Uh, I know he figures it out at some point. I can't. I can't remember when in the timeline he does figure it out, but he does before he's even told. Right? He figures it out. Right. Yes. Uh, but at this point, he has not figured it out. And it's and to kind of set the timeline too. This is literally like right after Star Wars Episode Two. Mm -hmm. So this is pre everything we've seen in Clone Wars. This is pre Ahsoka. This is Asajj Ventress's introduction. Yeah, uh, which is huge, you know, right? Yeah. Because. They have, we talked about the Gendi series. I think they introduced her. Mm -hmm. uh, well, they kind of take technically she showed up in the comics first, the Dark Horse comics first, but she, yep. the, her appearance in Gendi's uh, animated series had already been planned. And then the comics were just kind of trying to introduce her before people watch the animated series. So she, yeah. she's had a couple of different introductions. And then of course, you know, that we're, that's, that's, uh, you know, pre canon. And so then they introduce her in canon in the Clone Wars animated series in mm -hmm. uh, George's, you know, George mm -hmm. and, uh, and um, Dave, Dave Filoni's animated series. And that's where she kind of shows up in canon for the first time. But they don't really give any backstory for her there. It's kind of like right. she's just there. She shows up. She's already kind of fought against Anakin and Obi-Wan. So this is the official canon 
introduction of the character um, in Obi-Wan and Anakin have never met her before. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, so I, because I hadn't, either was a, I read a different summary or uh, I just missed it. I, I wasn't expecting her to be in the book. So that was a nice surprise when she, she showed up. Uh, and I, I loved seeing her character and how she plays off of Obi-Wan. Cause they just have such a great dynamic. Um, and you know how it gets more and you get to learn a lot more about Asajj. Actually, interesting fact that I just learned. Um, uh, apparently, in the book, uh, uh, Mike Chen kind of tries to allude to uh, Ob- to Anakin and Asajj Ventress's duel on Yavin Four in the Gendi Tartakovsky Clone Wars series, um, and said that like be- he apparently told Inverse in an interview that. Um, you know, that conflict was like dark and rainy. So it's possible Anakin had no idea who he was fighting. Uh, uh, so it's and still so technically they have, they've fought briefly, but this is the first time they actually interact. <laughs> well, we were talking before about how the comic that's coming out, the Obi-Wan comic is it references the Gendy series. Yeah. Well, Mike yeah, Chen does as well, like a lot. Mm-hmm. And so he, he does reference kind of the same things. He talks, he mentions Dantooine. Yep. Mace Windu. And then he I also- loved that. And he also mentions Hyporia, I believe. Um, he also gives a nice little shout out to Shatterpoint by yes. talking about Mace Windu having that ability. So it doesn't surprise me that he was even more, you know, kind of a deeper cut where he was trying to reference that battle, which I didn't pick up on. But that's cool to know. And I think I had heard in another interview that he had done that he counted out something like 75 references that he made to other material. Wow. Uh, which some were probably harder to pick out than others, but I love it when authors do that kind of stuff. Oh, same. And in, I thought it was done well enough that it was, it was subtle enough that if you're really looking for it, you'll notice it. But if you're, you know, if you've never seen these, you know, like you've never seen the Gendy Tartakovsky series or you've never read these other books or whatever, you're not going to feel like you're missing something. Um, I think I, I personally thought that this was probably one of the best star Wars books in recent memory uh, oh, you supposed to save loved... that for the end, William. You... Oh, well, I, I, I'll, I'll say that too. I just thought Mike Chen did a phenomenal job referencing other things, you know, writing the characterization of um, Obi-Wan and, and, and Anakin. And, and I, I thought it was just one of the best, one of the best portrayals in book form we've seen. Right. Well, yeah. since we're, since we're talking about it, uh, I had never read a Mike Chen novel before. Same. This is my first yeah. one. And yeah. so I was pleasantly surprised. Not that I was expecting anything less. I guess I just didn't know what to expect. I've never read anything from him before. Unknown quantity. Right. Yeah. So I was kind of like, okay, you know, let's see what this guy's got. Uh, and I love the style. I love short chapters. Big fan. Mm-hmm. I like quick stopping points. I like somewhere where I can be like, all right, you know, Same. put the bookmark here. You know, I yeah, hate yeah. it. I hate reading books for the, you know, 30, 40 pages in a chapter. It's like, come on. Like I just need to find a stopping point here. I get exhausted. So, I uh, same thing. Maybe that's also because I've been doing those quick, you know, re- short reading uh, times, like I, I mentioned earlier. But yeah, when there's a lot of chapters, I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm gonna be able to pause whenever I want. I love it. <laughs> but having read a lot of High Republic stuff recently, uh-huh. one of the big complaints about High Republic is there's almost too much going on, too many characters, too much to follow. This was the opposite. Like mm-hmm. there was literally. I don't know. I didn't count them up, but you know, maybe five or six 
focus characters throughout the book and he told you at the beginning of the chapter who it was yeah it was so you know it's like anakin skywalker okay this entire chapter is gonna be from anakin's point of view yeah okay asajj ventress this entire chapter is gonna be from her point of view and there weren't there were a handful of characters that they did that and that was it you know and so it was really easy to follow and kind of you weren't kind of getting like okay who are we talking about now or whose thoughts am i in now like it was very clear i love how quick the chapters went by uh big fan of that style and then just in general like overall his writing Mm -hmm. uh like you said i thought he really captured the characters well um even with all their flaws yeah and and really getting into like how things i thought was best was just how and why anakin and padme work so well together you know and and how the two are so different and yet so perfect for each other in in many ways um and we get to see them like going out on secret dates at the beginning. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's just really, it's really nice to see them in that environment and how just how well he understands uh, the characters even get some like sand jokes. You know? Yeah. There's some sand <laughs> jokes. Only Anakin would take his like new wife on a date to like a dangerous underground, like you know, right. racing thing, like racing ring or whatever. Any, <laughs> I was just reading that like that just sounds like the worst idea ever. You know, let me put my new new wife in danger here as I, you know, fly directly down this car or whatever. But yeah. Uh, that was yeah. that was funny. But yeah. they there were a couple moments in the book where I felt <laughs> I I I wanted to point it out to you just to see if maybe I'm overthinking this. Uh-huh. But he had mentioned that Anakin when he's talking to other Jedi, he defers to them and goes into a monotone way of talking uh, and i was like oh that's a nice retcon for how you know, <laughs> bad acting <laughs> you know now that you i somehow i missed that reference uh he, re- he said it, it twice actually early yeah. in the book and later in the book he says it again that he Hilarious. purposely goes into a monotone <laughs> way of speaking as deference to the other jedi and i was like no i just think that's bad acting uh but i i <laughs> I wanted to point it out because maybe I'm just overthinking it. Maybe, you know. Oh, I know. It's hilarious. And like, I, I love that kind of stuff, you know, and I think because it kind of makes sense, you know, in in universe. Right. You can explain you anything. Can totally away ex- you can explain it in a novel. Right. That's the beauty right. of of the expanded universe or, you know, what we yeah. have with, you know, the new canon <laughs> is you can take something in a movie that made no sense at all or was bad or was cheesy and you can explain yeah. it in a way that you're like, oh, yeah, OK. Yeah, I can totally so good. see that now. Yeah, again, that's one of the many things I thought. I just was really surprised by how he was, uh, how Mike Chen was able to kind of uh, pull these different, these different things from the the Star Wars films and the and the saga and connect it all in a way that just made perfect sense, um, even when they might be silly or something we roll our eyes at or whatever. Um, there was another there was another moment where he said uh Anakin was remembering back to his time with with Padme and their kind of courtship or whatever and yeah and how cringy his his some of his lines were. Yes. Uh he Anakin was remembering back to that. I'm like, oh yeah. We <laughs> we know. It was He's pretty, like, I can't believe those worked. You I know? can't <laughs> believe I said that, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, I liked that how Mike Chen was definitely referencing kind of the negative sides of the prequels a little bit, you know, I know yeah, you're, yeah. you're of the age range. You love the prequels. I get it. 
I'm a little bit older and, you know, had, you know, was old enough to realize they weren't great in the moment, but can totally appreciate them now. Yeah. I mean, I am, I love them. Are they flawless? No, but I don't care. You know, I I like how Mike Chen kind of, you know, a little, a little nod to some of that stuff. Like, yeah, there's some moments that are cringy in the prequels and And, he kind of tries to put it in the story. And it just makes you smile as you're reading it, you know, because you're like, ah, I see what you did there. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, I like that little, you know, reference or whatever. It's just, I just found this book such a delight to read. I just had fun reading the book. Yeah. Um, which yeah. you don't always get. Sometimes you read through a book and you're just like, <sighs> you're just reading it to get through it or or whatever. Uh, and this one, I just, I really enjoyed his perspective on the Star Wars galaxy and just how fun it was while being a relatively straightforward plot. I mean, I guess the the plot itself is, it's interesting. It's fine. It's it's not like the greatest, but it's it's how it was written. I think that really makes the book shine. You know, because like the, yeah. the 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 basic plot is, you know, there was a basically an attack on Neimoidia, Canada Neimoidia. Was it the Republic? Was it the uh, Separatists? We don't know. Dooku is instantly blaming the Republic. The Republic is like, no, 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 that's not us. And they both send sides to go and try to investigate. And it's interesting, you know, but like we we know ultimately like it's probably not the Republic. It's probably the Separatists, right. you know, it's not like there's like a big twist necessarily. It was more of a character uh, study. Exactly. Than a, you know, we're not getting this groundbreaking new story. That's like, oh, wow. You know, I didn't know right. that was. It's not going to change the galaxy. Yeah. It's but it's just... the perfect backdrop in which to do, a, like you said, a character study of Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ventress and even Padme and all this other stuff. It's right. I thought it was fantastic. So one thing that we got in this book, at least from my perspective, was almost like a preview of what's coming with Ahsoka mm-hmm. and Anakin. We have this uh, Jedi initiate or youngling, uh, not quite a knight or definitely not a knight yet, not even a Padawan, uh, doesn't even have her lightsaber yet. And she is, uh, she has this, I guess force ability to kind of, you know, feel somebody's sadness or their feelings. Mm-hmm. Like it really affects her. And it was something that was um, affecting her negatively at first. Mm-hmm. She almost wanted to leave the Jedi, right? She was right. considering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she wanted to shut herself off from the force. Yeah. And so this character comes across Anakin, which uh, just a quick aside, but Anakin's on a ship with a bunch of kids. It brought back flashbacks for me. <laughs> with the with the younglings in the Jedi Temple and like, do we trust this guy around children? I don't know. Uh, but oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this is pre all that. So you know, he's he's a very popular Jedi. The, you know, the kids. You know, he's he's off on this mission of uh, what they were going to kind of assist in a planet that needed help. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um and this of course girl, they don't make it. You know, on the way and. <laughs> Right. And the reason the reason this girl was there was because she was supposed to be going to get her lightsaber crystal, her kyber crystal. Right. And build a lightsaber. But she had her, you know, her whole um negative feelings toward the force and didn't and was trying to cut herself off. And and they basically said, Yeah, you're not ready for this yet. So she went with all the younger kids to this mission that Anakin happened to be on. So mm-hmm. so he has a chance to meet her and becomes, you know, a mentor to her. And it was it was very reminiscent to 
you know, what's to come for him. And maybe in a way this is prepping him for that. Yeah. For that fact that he's going to be given a Padawan, um, a young girl that he is going to be a master to. And so this might've been his, almost his practice run, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if he would have been ready to, cause like he, he complains about having a Padawan uh, in, in the clone wars, but I don't know if he would have been ready if it wasn't for Mel Elbeth and kind of, getting to know her and getting a taste for, you know, mentoring her and kind of helping her out. Um, and it's a really great dynamic for the, for the two of them. And like you said, kind of foreshadows Ahsoka. Right. And she wasn't a major player in the book. Like she mm-hmm. didn't do anything that was kind of necessary in a, in a lot of ways. She probably didn't even need to be there mm-hmm. uh, for the book to progress. There were a couple moments where she, could feel you know the the scene where um what, what was the the Nemoidian kitar yes um you know where he has the moment uh where she can kind of feel like what he's feeling and stuff and so because of that they could tell you know when he was going to get to the point where he was going to basically take his own life and right. so um so she was able to sense that so there are definitely times where she came in handy i guess but overall she wasn't a major she didn't have major impact to the overall story but I think she was more there as a uh, reflection of how Anakin would handle that situation. Yes. Uh, with, you know, being a mentor mm-hmm. and, and a teacher mm-hmm. to, to someone. And and he did give her a lot of good lessons, like a lot of good advice. Yeah. And, and it helps him kind of grow a little bit more into the role of Jedi Knight now. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I really enjoyed their dynamic. Like you said, she wasn't a, from as far as the main plot goes, she wasn't a critical character, but she was very important to telling uh, Anakin's story and, and and really fleshing him out as a character in the book. I mean, we he spends the beginning with Padme, and we get a little t- couple scenes with you know Palpatine, and then the rest of the time it's Anakin and and Mill for a good chunk of the book, at least until they finally arrive on Cato Demoidia to and R two D two and R two, of course. Yes, <laughs> all can't forget R two. No. <laughs> Yeah, he was in in a lot of ways. He was more useful. He was, yeah. you know, diffusing bombs and you know, right? Uh, that and scanning and all of that stuff. When oh, he yeah. just kind of had mill, like, okay, go hide in the corner while we try to handle this stuff. Uh, now he was a bad example to mill in some instances, and that was disrespecting Mace Windu. Yes, because <laughs> you shouldn't disrespect Mace Windu. No one disrespects Mace Windu. <laughs> <laughs> there were as a big Mace Windu fan uh the 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 mace windu negativity was not appreciated but anakin definitely has some feelings he does not like that guy he he does not he does not see mace windu in the best no no not at all i I guess that's i think that's intentional too since we see their conflict even from the beginning right he was the most doubtful of of anakin Mm -hmm. um when he first joined the jedi and so I could see how that would instantly make Anakin dislike him. And then, you know, in Revenge of the Sith, he's kind of dismissive of Anakin again. And so I think this is trying to set up why and kind of reinforce that, yeah, Anakin and Mace Windu, they do not get along mm. at all. They are not friends. No. <laughs> no. No, they. He's like that not. coworker that you see, and you're always just like annoyed every time you, you have to interact with them. That's Anakin and Mace Windu. 
Yes. Yeah. They have. They're forced to work together, but they'd rather. They don't not. like it. They'd rot. They would never be friends in real life. Right. <laughs> he's got. So Anakin's got a few hangups. He's got the hangup with Mace Windu. He's got. He also got a bit of a hangup with the Nemoidians in general. Yes. You know this. They're they're going to Nemoidia, and he's kind of labeled them with a broad stroke, mm-hmm. saying like they're just not to be trusted, not good people. He's had some bad experiences with them, obviously. Uh, but it the book does kind of delve into a some of that um some of the idea of prejudice right mm-hmm. and how people will assume the worst of a certain people group sometimes mm-hmm. if they don't know if they're not educated and they don't know about them and i and i thought that was that was powerful actually mm-hmm. in this book yeah. that um the nemoidians felt that the galaxy as a, as a whole and the republic disrespected them as a mm-hmm. people and that they were only seen as this you know as a very in a very narrow way but there was they even had one of them talking about how they're these artists and yeah you know if an artist you know does this they're not gonna be taken as seriously as an artist from another planet and things like that so i thought that was it was interesting um to include that type of a you know message in the book and i thought it was done well oh i couldn't agree more and and that's why where I think Rue Quarnum was so interesting too. her, her whole storyline. Um, Cause you, you got to see a, another Nemoidian who wasn't, you know, evil. She's, she's trying to do the right thing and she ends up helping. And, and, and you know, it kind of shows that they're not all like new gun, basically, or, or and she was a Hickam. warrior, you know, she's she a, warrior, a warrior, right. She's a warrior. Bird. Not even just like a, yeah, she's a, yeah, she, she's a fighter but she still tries to do the right thing and it kind of adds those shades of gray to something that was previously kind of seen as very black and white in the star Wars galaxy, uh, as far as, you know, um, Oh, good versus evil. Right. It's very much contrasted. And we need to go to like the hut home world. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which is not now hut. Right. That's just another one of their, that's one of their planets. What's their home world called? That's a oh, good shoot. trivia question. I, I forget, but, the you know that's that's kind of what we need right we have one we have a book with the nemoidians now and kind of opening our eyes and broadening our minds but barl barl okay yeah but we still think that you know all the huts are you know gangsters and bad so right. we we need a book about them so we can understand we that they have artists and they have the, warriors the good huts, and they have, right yeah right like there's they have educators probably and i mean we got a little bit of stinky right where uh <laughs> rada the hut he's he, he, at least as a, as a baby he's a he's a pretty good right decent kid you know <laughs> so yeah but no that was it was definitely it was definitely um good to see that and and even like anakin was kind of he was problematic right like he yeah. was one of the worst defenders yep of of um kind of the assumptions that he made and he did throughout the book you know kind of make progress in that way yeah but um they didn't shy away from even a main character having that hang up to just kind of assume the worst yeah. in this in these people just because of the small experiences that he had with with some of them yeah no i thought it was really well done we did get a mention of Satine. We did. So, well, you had said you were talking about like in the Jude Watson novels. Uh, you were a big fan of those. Siri. We got, got a Siri. Siri, Siri Tachi. Right? And yep. Uh, I, I like how she's coming back. She's, she's coming back canon now, right? She's like, canon. I don't think this book canonized her. I heard that she had been canonized in a, a short story first. Uh, so, but- it, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember now what which short story 
was it she was, i believe it was one of the from a certain point of view stories was told uh, oh it was mike chen's from a certain point of view oh there that. you go yeah so, uh she was mentioned only in that one but this is her actual first appearance okay. uh, in a book um, and i think i heard she's in padawan as well she is okay. she is in padawan so right. so yeah. yeah she's making a big comeback look at that yeah yeah i'm a i'm a quarter half half the way through, half my way through padawan so work working so he uh, got that one we got that mention. We got Satine. So a couple different people who have been yep. in Obi-Wan's life. Uh, Cal um, Kestis. We get a name drop of Cal Kestis from Jedi Fallen Order, which is awesome. Uh, he actually shows up. Yeah, name no drop. name drop, yeah. but more of No, he a, actually shows up. Like an actual appearance. Yeah. But it's his It's his master that they name. I think it's just they say the redhead child next to him or something, right? I don't uh, think they say Cal's name, do they? They do. I believe they do. Oh, okay. or, or maybe... <sighs> I it's very it was... clearly Cal Kestis. I could have sworn they mentioned him by name. Okay. But maybe not. Maybe I just assumed. And uh Quinlan Voss makes an appearance. So of course. Yeah. That's like... yeah. That instantly made the book a 10 out of 10 for you, right? Yeah, I was like, oh, Quinlan Voss is in this. Yeah. I don't... He has even if he I don't think he had any line. I think they just noticed he was there. I don't think he speaks, but uh yeah, suddenly it's a good book. Yeah. Dex, I love the Dex and oh yeah, Obi-Wan Dex definitely dynamic. played a, a pretty big role. He did, he did. He's a information broker, yeah, which uh, you know kind of fits with what we saw of him in in episode two. Yeah, and a lot of other, uh, just so many references to the games, to the Clone Wars, to like uh, Hu Yang is there with the lightsabers, right, going to find the crystals uh to the most obscure references it's great and we did get a ventress like i thought the book was over it was getting you know toward the end they kind of this they they solve whatever the issue is yeah and i was like okay they're wrapping this book up pretty good book but then they run into saj ventress you know as they're you know as anakin and mill are Mm -hmm. trying to get off the planet and she shows up and then there's a whole lightsaber fight between Anakin and Asajj Ventress which was something I didn't expect they were going to kind of squeeze in to the very end of the book but it was it was kind of cool uh to see yeah I I I agree I again I I thought the whole thing was so well written I mean ultimately the 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 main thrust of the book where you know the, the the whole bombing and the investigation it was interesting it was cool to see Anakin try to you know, covertly communicate with uh with obi-wan and uh until he arrived on on planet and the, the battle at the end um but and not like arena um but you know that was it was cool uh, it wasn't too surprising that of course it was asaj asaj ventures in the end who else would it be uh well and if some of that was kind of a big reveal too because we know asaj ventures what she is right but they but don't they don't so when yeah. she shows up against anakin and ignites two lightsabers and has a whole full-on lightsaber battle with him it's like oh there's this new player that you know they already knew dooku you know had gone bad yeah and they knew that she's now working for dooku well now she's she's basically a, you know a sith underling now she's not full-fledged sith but you know from their perspective it's like oh man we got this sith new sith player in the game we didn't even know was here you know that's a pretty yeah. big deal um to be revealed in in this book I, you know it's a it's a pretty big major a pretty major part of the story mm-hmm. of, of star wars is asajj ventress 
Yeah. And so the fact that this is her, you know, canonical first appearance is, is pretty cool. And I, I like how they framed it too, where you don't really know who she is at first. They don't name her right away. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, I, that's got to be a side strategist, right? That, that's got to be her. Uh, but they don't tell you for sure for a decent while uh, into the book until she, you know, kind of introduces herself, uh, I believe. Um, so, so I'm going to make you think here a little mm-hmm. bit. Because we have Mill, and they, Anakin and Asajj get into their battle, and Asajj is literally trying to take Mill. She's trying to take her away. And she even says, like, oh, let me have her. I can, you know, I can do a better training her than you can. And at first I was like, you know, oh, evil person trying to take kid from good person. But then I thought about it, and I was like, wait. Fast forward, right, to the end of these characters' lives. Now, Anakin does ultimately, you know, right before his death, turn good. But he did a lot of really horrible things in between. Uh, Ventress, definitely not great. But I think you could say ranks lower as far as the the bad things that she did versus the bad things that Anakin did. And ultimately does, in a way, turn good herself. Yeah. Spoiler alert for other books and stuff, but also books that have come out a long time ago but uh you know she does come to the light in the end and so would mill have been better off with ventress probably not because it's not like she became anakin's padawan or anything exactly but there was a moment of like we have these two characters that are you know trying to do what's best for this girl change places in many ways they do kind of switch places yeah (laughs) Yeah, so no i i think she's she's obviously she's i do think she's best you know, with Anakin, at least for this book, because she might see Anakin again later, but he, he, he kind of sets her on the right direction, mm-hmm. helps her feel more comfortable with the force and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, ultimately that's, that's kind of it. Uh, it's not like he's having a bad influence on her, the rest of her life. Who knows be, what might've happened. She'll probably be disrespectful to Mace Windu the rest of her life though. Which, she probably will. You know, she he, probably set, will. he set yeah. the stage for that, but <laughs> But no, yeah, it was just, I thought it was an interesting, yeah, you know, to think, think where these characters end up. It um, is. But I guess that in the end, they both come to the light. So yeah. that's all that matters. Yeah. But she ends up deciding not to, you know, pursue becoming a Jedi Knight. And, you know, it's still with the Jedi, but is working with like a Jedi healer. Yeah. And going out and helping, you know, different Jedi that are going to be injured during the war. Uh, so she found her place. He did in Star Wars, which which was good, uh, with yeah. with some help from Anakin. Yeah, he was a good guy this time. For, for now, for now, <laughs> for now, we, we all know where that's that that is the hard part about Anakin, right? Like anytime right. we read these stories about him or you watch all of Clone Wars and you're like, oh, this guy's so cool, but then you, you we know. all know where he ends up and all the horrible things that he's going to do, and it's kind of hard to, yeah, you almost have to separate. This this is the Anakin that I like, and then there's another version of him that I absolutely do not like. Yeah, uh, two different characters in a yeah. lot of ways. Yep. Anything else pop out in the book that you wanted to bring up before oh, we wrap up? I think those are the big things. Um, yeah, I just, I, I I really enjoyed the book. It was, it was so, it was very well written. I just had a really fun time. Like it it wasn't we didn't get as much time with Obi-Wan and, and, and Anakin together as I would have liked. Um, and the, the main plot, right. Is it's fine. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's a decent story. 
but it's the characterization that really makes this book so good. Um, and I did uh, like I just thought of something. So oh yeah, I did think it was interesting the dynamic between Anakin and Obi Wan at this point in their relationship mm-hmm. seems very almost confrontational. Yes, like Anakin is the kid who needs to break away from his big brother kind of thing and have his yeah. own identity. And there's a little bit of animosity at this point between them two. And he's trying to figure out his place as a knight, but Obi-Wan's trying to like, remember that he's not under Anakin's not under him anymore. And so there were multiple times in the book where Obi-Wan said my, he started to call him his Padawan or, but then he's like, Oh wait, you know, it's a hard change though. Like it's, you're, you're you're all of a sudden realizing this. You're used to saying my, my young apprentice, my paddle, whatever. Yeah. Right. And, and you had to stop yourself and be like, wait, no, he's not under me anymore. I'm not, I'm not his master. <laughs> right. So that was definitely interesting to see because yeah. a lot of what I've seen of those two characters together has been from the Clone Wars where it is almost like a, they're, they do act like brothers and they're very, you know, they're friends and they, they act like equals and equally respect each other. And there's a lot of cool banter between them. It's, they like, they would do anything for each other but in this in this book it's pre-clone wars it's at the very beginning of clone wars and I, they haven't gotten there yet and, it, and it's interesting to see them in that time period that stuck out to me yeah and then the other thing was anakin getting used to his his uh robot hand yes oh i also like that that came really up a like lot that. too which is something you don't really think of you know you, okay he got a prosthetic he got the robot arm it happens all the time in star wars and you just kind of take it for granted that that's not a real hand that he has there. And it was, it was kind of interesting to see how he kind of saying everything was like off just a little and yeah. you know, how he had to kind of get used to it. And I like that, that he, I like that Mike Chen added that detail that it wasn't okay. just like, okay, it's just another hand. Like, no, it, it definitely was different. And he was trying to get used to it. Right. As you would, right. Even mm-hmm. if anything changes, it takes you a while to get used to it. And, uh, so yeah, it's it's all those little details where I thought like I felt like he really sat down and watched the movies again and and or just inherently knew right all of the all of the things that were kind of needed coming out of Attack of the Clones uh, that those characters have to deal with and think about and 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 on all that and kind of how they can get to where they are throughout the rest of the 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 future stuff the right. stuff in the future so. Well, I agree with you. I really enjoyed the book and I, I thought it was a nice addition uh, to the canon and Mike Chen is a nice addition to their lineup of writers. Hopefully uh, the book did well enough that they'll use him more because I like the style. I really like, I yes. can't, oh, I can't, so good. you know, I can't say enough how much I enjoyed the shorter chapters and you know, focus on specific characters' point of view. I really like that style yeah. and I would love more Star Wars books like that same same all right well uh i think we're good to wrap up then uh thanks for joining me again william oh of course any anytime thanks for having me on i i loved discussing this book with you i thought it was said earlier in the show i thought it was one of the best star wars books in recent memory uh that's been released Uh, even though the, the the main plot right wasn't like galaxy shattering or anything it was just really well written and great characterization and you know that 
will trump the story almost all any time you know as it much as i love a good story right? <laughs> it was a nice break from all high republic all the time yeah uh you know, it was a nice it's nice to get a bit of a break from from high republic books not that i don't yeah. enjoy them but oh of course you know but it's a nice change in going back to characters we well we know and love so so much from the films it's it's really it's really nice yeah and you'll have to look at the upcoming you know slate of books and see which one just pick one out and tell me which one you want to do sounds next, good let's do it i'd love yeah. to come back on all right <laughs> well for now we will wrap up and thanks everybody for uh listening to or watching i guess if you're if you're doing this on youtube uh this episode of star wars bookworms and you can find all of our episodes on our website and you can also find them on itunes or a bunch of different podcatchers and if you haven't checked out our youtube channel yet it's it's a baby baby new a baby youtube channel just a few videos up there not a ton of uh subscribers yet but you know like and subscribe it we'd be happy to have you if you wanted to (laughs) jump over basically the channel is just going to be you know clips from from the episodes uh but but video versions of us instead of just the audio so um a little bit more animated conversation with with smiles and eye contact oh yeah um so if that's your thing check it out on youtube but until next time you say the keep on reading keep on reading and may the force be with you there you go that's our that's our out There we go.